May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Morning. Life is just full of invitations. By now, you have probably received many invitations to various things throughout the years, many birthdays, maybe baptisms, marriages, all of those types of things. I, was, I thought I knew all about every invitation there was out there, but last week I learned about a Florida-specific invitation. You probably have had this before. Uh, my family got to go and have a wonderful weekend away at Disney last week to celebrate Jackson's birthday. And after we had that amazing time and we had come back, it was literally the next day. I got a phone call invitation that said, if you want to come back and give us 90 minutes of your time, <laughs> come and look at this timeshare. We will throw you a trip basically for free. And it was one of those invitations we weren't so, you know, you're not excited to get some invitations, but others other invitations, you're like, I am honored that whatever event or person sent it to you, and yes, I will be there, and I'm honored to receive that invitation. Well, today, we consider invitations, and what Joe just read us in the fourth gospel of Matthew is actually a call or an invitation from Jesus himself to the four original disciples. He ushered them the call to come and follow me, or the invitation to discipleship. And I want to look at today in our sermon time, first, the one who does the calling, and then I want to look specifically at the ones that he did call that we have in the gospel today, and how they responded to that call. And finally, we will talk about what that means for us as 21st century disciples of Jesus Christ. So, and to, as I say that to you, a call or an invitation to discipleship, you may know that, that, that to be a disciple means to be a learner and a lifelong way of life of being a learner, of a, a prophet or a teacher or something like that. But certainly that encompasses full study and head knowledge. But the kind of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is study as well as a complete change of life, which we will discuss. So the first thing as we are considering an invitation to discipleship is what the one that is doing the calling. And you have all probably heard the line now many times, although I hope you learn something more profound about it today, as Jesus himself tells Andrew, Peter, James, and John, follow me and I will make you followers of people. As we consider the three things I've discussed in this one line of the scripture we have, listen to this again. Follow me and I will make you fishers of people. The object, the very object, the primary focus of that line is the one who does the calling. 
and the calling that is ushered to these four disciples. It is Christ that his, he has come as we celebrated in Christmas. He has been baptized and now the plans for his earthly kingdom, the kingdom of heaven come to earth and the incarnation are now beginning to unfold. And his, in his call, how he calls these disciples, there are two primary things that we have to consider today about the call and invitation to discipleship. One of those being, as it worked out for these four that we have discussed, there is the follow. Now, you probably, if someone came up to you and said, follow me, come with me, you would probably ask the very reasonable question, where are we going? <laughs> now, this is one of the things to consider, the two big elements about the one who is doing the calling. When he says follow, especially to these four men that we have today, he is asking them first to come on a journey, an extravaganza of teaching, preaching, and proclaiming the gospel of good news of Christ's come and healing. And that's, where we, that's how our gospel finishes off today. And as he says follow, that's the first thing about discipleship. He is asking them, come on. And as the story continues to unfold, it's going to start off exciting with great life-changing teaching and then Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples and they'll even be part of the ministry of healing of Jesus. They, all the crowds are gathering. They are getting a reputation for what they are doing across the countryside. And then all of a sudden, it begins to take a twist. But in that early going, they are imitators of Christ. And as the story continues to unfold, we begin to see the imperfectness and the brokenness of these four as well as the rest of the disciples. And they would need a makeover, an altogether makeover, getting in touch with their brokenness and then realizing their need and dependence on a power bigger for them for the ministry that they are being called to as disciples of Christ. This is a very ordinary people being called to do something extraordinary to live an extraordinary, extraordinary life. And so, as it continues, the, they are in that ministry imitating Christ, teaching, preaching, and healing. And all of a sudden, the follow me in a three to three and a half year period turns to the crowds, the, all the goodness and the excitement that is going on, the crowds begin to turn and to dissipate. And there is untrust and other things going on. And the call to discipleship becomes not so much fun anymore, but it becomes a price is attached to it. Because the call to these four, the invitation to them is come to Jerusalem with me. Come to the place of death and we will go through that together, as many of you that can stand with me. But on the other side of that is resurrection. The invitation to them is go to where Jesus is going to die. But the grave will not hold him, as we know, and the victory is won with the resurrection. But that is part of the invitation to discipleship. Billy Graham said it this way. Those four original disciples that were called weren't called to a picnic. 
They were called to a privilege. They were not called to frolic. They were called to a fight, a very serious fight, to die to themselves, to die to sin, and to die to the things of the world. These are the two elements as we consider the one doing the calling that we rely upon the very focus, the primary focus of the one who says, follow me and I will do a work in your heart. And from that changed heart, you will be able to go out and live the life of service and ministry of a disciple, imitating me and what you have learned along this journey. That is why we first consider the primary source, the one doing the calling. But let us now focus our attention to the ones that are actually being called. Andrew, Peter, James, and John. What do we know about them? They have the respectable job of being fishermen. But they are not the first ones that you would expect if the Lord was putting that perfect team around him to begin to bring the heaven, heavenly kingdom to earth and to, be, to begin his ministry of preaching, teaching, and healing, naturally our minds would probably think he would go to Jerusalem and pick those that have devoted their lives to the study of the temple system to the Torah, to all the scripture, there was a group of people who had dedicated their lives and knew it in and out. And yet Jesus comes to these four humble fishermen. And Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. And as we see, I am so thankful for their response to the call, to the invitation of being disciples. Immediately, they drop everything that they are doing. As that story, as Joe read, they leave their fishing boat, which is, which is their source of income, and a very good income, very respectable, but they drop that immediately. No questions asked, and they begin to follow Jesus into this invitation of being disciples. And then we hear with the brothers, James and John, that they also left their family system. Their father, Zebedee, upon this invitation, this call to be disciples, they leave the security of their father, of their family, and of their profession to become these disciples. I've always, I wish if I could see the video of that time, the authority and the intrigue that Jesus says, follow me. And they drop everything in obedience and in faith and begin this new life. But as we've talked about, that life starts out exciting. The things they're learning, the things they're doing, walking in power, the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And yet, there's that other part. You must come and face death with me. But on the other side of that is walking in the victorious life of resurrection and hope. And they did it. That's why we add, as if when the ones that wrote Gospels, we say the reading of saint. Because they had to face not a life that was blessed and good. They had many challenges. And as the Bible, as well as church history told us, all four of these that accepted the invitation to be disciples would lose their life in pretty uh, horrific ways. But their story lived on. 
And we can study and pull many things from that invitation from Christ to us today as we consider the elements of what it means to be 21st century disciples of Christ that walk in the hope of the resurrection and of his grace. Now, for some of us, as we consider ourselves disciples, there is that first element of it. And it works a little bit in reverse for us, but the two same elements are there. That we follow Christ where he is going and we die to ourselves. We die to the sin within and around us and then we walk in the full life and dependence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why he is the primary focus in the, in the line we have been looking at, for I will make you fishers of people. It is because of his cross and his resurrection that our hearts change. And he does the work on the inside, equipping us to, be, to have a lifetime of being disciples of his. In the response of the four that we see today, they were in it for life. It changed them that much that they began that life of being disciples. And it is the same for us. But it may work out a little differently. Maybe for us, in a season of our life or for our whole lives, we have also felt the call of Jesus to go into a ministry of some sort that pulled us from our families. Or maybe from a job that we're just holding on and surviving and we make our living from it. But maybe one day, just like them, you will be faced with that radical invite or call into some other form of ministry or discipleship. But I don't think the text just sets it up that way to leave something like that. I think it is a priority check of what is the primary relationship in your life. Is it your job? Is it that gives you your identity? Is it your family system or some other thing? Or is your relationship with Christ the center thing from which all the other relationships and things you have in your life that define your identity, is that the thing? The text speaks that to us as we consider the invitation of discipleship. I find that ironic as he uses, I will make you fishers of people. By Jesus going to his cross and then them realizing we are not perfect and we would not succeed without the power and dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And then they are released as imitators of the ministry of Jesus, proclaiming, doing healing and teaching. And we are invited to that. We go to the cross with Christ. And in our baptisms, we come out on the other side becoming imitators of Christ as we grow, as we change, are internally changed, as we die to sin, and we begin to manifest the imitation of Christ. You may have thought in your minds, preaching, teaching, healing, that, that's for you and Joe. We can do some other things. But part of the invitation of being disciples is that dying to yourself and then rising again, and from that externally being called into those with their, where Jesus would see you, where you would be imitating his ministry and the various gifts and talents that you have. 
As we look at these fishermen, they were called, they had all the knowledge in a skill set right there where they were that prepared them to be faithful and obedient disciples. But fishing for people was very different than fishing for actual fish. And this was Christ saying, your dependence upon me, I will transform you in love and grace and mercy, and both with the ministry inside of the walls of the church and out there to the broken world that needs it, that becomes our testimony as we accept the invitation and walk in it, not in our own power, but being transformed and released into discipleship and ministry in the name of Christ through his cross and living in the way of the resurrection life as 21st century century disciples of Christ. What a deep thing we look at and consider this morning, the call on all of us, the invitation to be the disciples of Jesus Christ. All praise and be to the one who made it possible and calls all of us. And for the example we have in front of us of these four original disciples for the life they lived, and for the testimony that they left for all of us. Amen.